Welcome to the Daughters Project Podcast. We're so glad you're here. Join us this season as the sisters gather around the mics to share their experiences of God's love through the lens of His sacred word. You can find out more about our work at thedaughtersproject.com and on social media at Daughter St. Paul. Enjoy today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Episode 7 of the Daughters Project Podcast. I'm Sister Oriane Pietra-Renee. I'm Sister Julie Benedicta. And I'm Sister Marie James. Hi, Sister Marie James. Glad to have you on today. Thank you. What an honor to be here. (laughs) Can you introduce yourself, Sister? Sure. So I am um, a native of California. I was born in San Jose. And when I was 10, our family moved to Virginia. So I entered the convent when I was 16. (laughs) And now I'm back in California. So it's always like a returning home when I'm stationed in California. Sunny skies. Yeah, I love it. (laughs) Can you give just like a quick bullet list of whatever comes to mind of random jobs that you've held around the Apostle? Oh, my goodness. Okay, so when I first entered, I was put almost right away into our printing department. We had Heidelberg Printing Presses where we printed all of our books in-house. That's changed. Uh, Today we send our books out. But I I was stationed in our printing department for 11 years, and I just absolutely loved it. My dad um, always kind of joked with me. I The summer before I entered, he brought me every Sunday morning at the crack of dawn to my lifeguard lessons. <laughs> and then I entered the convent. And he's like, what was that all about? And I said, well, Dad, you know, I needed really strong muscles to be able to load all that paper onto the printing presses. So the swimming lessons helped. <laughs> Not so much in the getting up early. Right. Yeah. Oh, right. Good discipline. That was good training, too. Yeah. <laughs> so then after that, uh, I ended up stationed in a couple different locations around the country. I was a junior professed sister, and I went for one year to our convent in San Diego. Then I was in New York. I was in uh, Philadelphia. I've been to St. Louis, uh, New Orleans. I've I've been in almost every part of the country, really, um, throughout my religious life, and I absolutely love it. I love the adventure of meeting all the people in the different parts of the country, uh, making friends wherever I go, and uh, maintaining those friendships, forming pollen cooperators. That's one of my big loves. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was... Uh, sent to school for human resources, and I became the human resource director for about five years. And then after that, I went back out to... um, Actually, after that, I ended up on the provincial team. (laughs) I forgot that. I kind of blacked that one out. (laughs) You're probably noticing that she's very important. (laughs) No, no, no. I just go wherever the Lord sends me. So that was an honor, though, um, to serve for three years on the provincial team. After that, I went back out to California. I was there for seven years in our community in Culver City. And then I came back to Boston. And I just am wrap, I just finished wrapping up a role as our publisher for three years. And now I'm back out in California. So there you go. <laughs> and when Sister Marie James was in her publisher role, she is one of the people who advocated for this podcast to even become a reality. Yes. Hey. So yes. we have her to thank for it, for this becoming real. So <laughs> we are grateful. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so we have a little content in the convent tidbit. I understand. We do indeed. So I think hopefully most of our listeners either know this or if you haven't seen the end of the Boba Fett show for some strange reason, 
be aware that there are spoilers coming up. So like maybe <laughs> hit that skip 30 seconds button. Yeah. Or like skip a minute button. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, so we finished, um, there was a group of us in our community who finished watching the Boba Fett show. And we're all super happy to see that Grogu actually makes a reappearance and comes back in the show, um, kind of setting up towards season three of The Mandalorian. But we were all so excited. That moment in, I think it's the second last episode where Luke kind of gives Grogu a choice because he can't, basically he can't discern Grogu's future for him. Mm -hmm. And he lets Grogu kind of sit in his own reality and kind of see, like, where is he being led? Is he being led to, like, a total detachment from the people that he loves in order to, like, further his skills and protect them in a way? Or is he being led to really become an integrated part of the Mandalorian family? Mm -hmm. Um, And in the end, you see Grogu chooses to go home. Like, he chooses to be with his father And I just thought that was so moving, like what a moving way to show the importance of that relationship in our life and the importance of going home. Yeah, yeah. And as you were talking to, I was just thinking and just like Sister James's comment about how lifeguarding prepared Mm -hmm. you for printing, you know, like his time with Luke prepared him for some of what would happen with the Mandalorian and just kind of, yeah. I have to say I was a little bit um, just at least pleased or happy or I don't know satisfied that Boba Fett came back to the the book of Boba Fett (laughs) he almost got deposed (laughs) it was just like wait what's the name of this show again for a couple of episodes but (laughs) I think everyone was kind of like where did he go oh well (laughs) Grogo's cuter anyway (laughs) oh man but we do appreciate Boba Fett for sure yeah I know I start a little bit of controversy whenever we watch those shows because I, I do see Grogu as very cute, but I also find him a very unsatisfying character because I'm like, I want him to start telling us some of his motivations and like I want him to start, I don't know, doing something other than being cute to deepen. and making squeaky noises. Right. Yeah. You want him to deepen. And I think I think he will. I hope so. I'm counting on it. I hope so. Yeah. But I think that that theme of home and what it means to go home actually ties in really beautifully to the passage that Sister Mary James, you have chosen for today. So could you read us the passage that you've chosen and maybe just let us know the citation? Sure. So I chose John 14, verses 1 through 7. And this is a very Pauline passage for us. So I will go ahead and read it. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. So how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. So this passage has been on my heart for the last few months because We use this passage very often in the convent whenever our sisters pass away. And one of my dear friends, Sister Mary Louise, passed away in mid-December. 
And I was very, very honored to be chosen as her healthcare proxy. So I accompanied her in those final weeks before her death. And I just knew this was a very fitting passage to have at her funeral mass. So um, some of my my memories of that time accompanying her um, are very, very grace-filled. I was there at her bedside. She had a stroke, and when we went to meet with the neurologist, they told she told us, the doctor told us that she had about two weeks left to live. And sure enough, it was exactly two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, we were able to bring her home and have her with us in the convent, and the sisters took turns being with her. And at first, she still was able to answer very simple questions. You know, we had to ask her very direct questions, and she would answer yes or no. But this one evening, I think it was the second evening that she was home with us in her own room, the sisters said, let's bring up some ice cream and see if she would enjoy that. And so <laughs> the sisters were around her bed, and it was a tiramisu ice cream. Oh, of course. <laughs> and so <laughs> the Italian were, way. <laughs> yes, yes. And so they were giving Sister Mary Louise some ice cream. And all of a sudden she perked up and said, this is nice. <laughs> <laughs> and that's probably the biggest phrase that she said in her mm. final two weeks. Aww. But I keep reflecting back on that because it was a beautiful moment of community. And it truly was nice. You know, mm. this is nice. And the thing that I admired her about her, that could also be a little bit of a, an irritation for some, but I, she was so feisty. You know, there's yes, a feistiness to her. That's a good word for it. <laughs> and I sensed even during those final two weeks of her life on earth with us, she was like really fighting to stay with us. Mm-hmm. Like she enjoyed being with us in community and she loved her life as a daughter of St. Paul. She had just celebrated her 70 years of religious profession mm-hmm. in August. And then she was 90 when she passed away. So she had many, many, many years as a daughter of St. Paul. And this passage has so much meaning for me because it's a, it's a passage that's filled with a lot of consolation and love mm-hmm. and imagery of what that home in heaven looks like. And as I lose some of our sisters who I've been close to, I picture that Pauline mansion. That's what our founder called it, a Pauline mansion. And I know one of the translations could be, um, in my father's house are many mansions. Yeah. (laughs) So I always equate that thought about the Pauline mansion to this particular uh, gospel. And I picture it filling up with all of our sisters that are there waiting for us and cheering us on and so connected to us still while we're here on earth. And um, I think it's going to be wonderful to be reunited with them. And it's going to be a time to have tiramisu and get caught up in <laughs> tiramisu ice cream. <laughs> I love that. Yes. Oh. So that's why I chose this passage for today and mm. uh, wanted to break it open a little bit with the two of you. Yeah. Yeah. So this is like, like you were saying, a super Pauline passage because our primary devotion to Jesus is as Jesus, the master, way, truth, and life. So yes, it's an option for funerals and a lot of people maybe like associate it with funerals and we use it for most of our funerals, but we also use it for our profession masses and for our feast days. So we hear it many, many times a year more than 
probably most people do. And it's such a worthy passage to be heard that yes. many times because it's just so rich. Like it's theologically rich, it's Christologically rich, it's spiritually rich, mm-hmm. um, and it is pastorally rich. Mm-hmm. And I think we're kind of breaking open maybe a little bit of the pastoral side of it today. Right. And for me too, personally, just that opening line, do not let your hearts be troubled. There's something about the way that's phrase that speaks right to me and right to my heart. I guess, you know, there are moments in life where I feel anxious or I let the weight of the world or the problems all fall on my shoulders. Mm -hmm. But then Jesus just breaks it open right away and says, do not let your hearts be troubled. (laughs) It just helps me bring it all down a notch and realize that's right. He's the one who's in control. He's the one who has this all um, in in his own plan, and I can just kind of breathe and go with it and surrender. Yeah, and like lest we consider ourselves kind of excluded from that statement, if we look back just one verse, yeah, Jesus is telling <laughs> Peter, truly, truly, I say to you, the cock will not crow till you have denied me three times. Right. Let not your hearts be troubled. Like it's yeah. almost all in one breath, right. you know? So yeah. it's like, ugh, I, I just love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, and it looked like you had something to say. No, I just, I think the fact, and I'm so grateful that we hear this passage in the context of death mm-hmm. and in the context of life, mm-hmm. like in, in things like a profession for us is almost the equivalent of a wedding. It's like this yes. new beginning in our, our life. So if, if you think about it as though you're listening to it at funerals and weddings or like at christenings or something like that, all of these things that new beginnings come forth from, even in death, that's what we believe as Christians death is. It's an entrance into a new beginning. Right. And to hear Jesus say right before this to Peter, yeah, like, Peter, you're going to deny me three times, which really is like, that's kind of the depth of turning your back on Christ is to just straight up flat out deny him. But then Jesus reminds him like, but, but it don't let your heart be troubled. Trust me. I can get you back out of that. Like, trust me, we can turn this all around and you can come home. Almost almost giving Peter the permission that he needed ahead of time not to fear and to come back home after he made that, that uh, mistake or sin in his life. And we all face that on our deathbeds. We, right. we see our life flash before yes. us. We think of all the things we've done wrong just as much as we think of all the things we've done right or the beautiful things that have happened to us. We remember the things we regret. Mm-hmm. And even, you know, sitting with someone who is passing, sometimes you remember the things that they did that hurt you. Um, and I, I'm not talking about the sister right. Lee specifically, right. but like sometimes you do remember that and you're grappling with that as you accompany them in their last journey. But to know that like Jesus is like, no, do not let your heart be troubled. Like, I've got this. I've got this and I can bring you home um, is so, so comforting. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, a beautiful grace filled moment during uh, the time that she was here for the final two weeks was to be present when father came up to give her final anointing. Mm -hmm. And I went up first and I said, Sister Louise, father's coming just to be aware. And she looked at me, she's like, confession. (laughs) I was like, yes, yeah, kind of, but you don't have to say anything. You can just, you know, I didn't know what to because tell her. Because she could really exactly. only say like one word she at a time. She couldn't really say so, much. And yeah. Yeah. So, but Father just took the lead, and he was so pastoral with her. And he said, Sister, I'm here to give you your final anointing. All you need to do is receive. You just mm. receive. Open your heart. You are here to receive the graces that I'm bringing to you. And she just kind of settled in. Like, she just breathed out and relaxed. And it was so beautiful. He was very pastoral. 
And at the end, he said, now I'm going to give you a very special blessing that I only give to some people at the point of death. And I'm going to forgive all of your sins for all of your life. And we're all like, wow, (laughs) that was really, really a special moment. The apostolic blessing. And it was so beautiful to be present for that. And he kind of looked around the room. He said, now, a lot of times when I'm doing this with families, they say, I want that too. And I have to tell them, (laughs) you know, I can't give it to you. You have to go to confession. This is only for special moments at the at the final moments and um mm-hmm. oh wow what a what a tremendous gift that was to be present for that yeah, yeah so um this passage also gives me a lot of hope for eternity you know i i use that concept of the dwelling place and mm-hmm. the mansions and I'd love to use my imagination to try to picture, well, what does that mansion look like? You know, where is it Mm -hmm. situated? And the most beautiful mansions that I always picture are in La Jolla, California. (laughs) 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 They're overlooking the ocean and you've got that beautiful Mm -hmm. ocean coming in and it's so blue and green and just perfect. And the homes are just gorgeous. And I look at all those mansions lined up on the cliffs there. And I think that's what the mansions are never (laughs) going to be like. (laughs) So I just find a lot of consolation whenever Mm -hmm. I return to this passage. Yeah. I love too that Jesus says like, I've gone to prepare a place for you and I will come back and take you there. Because kind of as you're saying with the apostolic blessing, like Jesus really does prepare that place for us even within our own selves, yes. like he helps to, he gives us everything we need to kind of go through and and find the forgiveness that we need and to clear out all the baggage that we yes. carry through confession or through um, anointing at the, the moment of our death. And even through, you know, opportunities to restore relationships that maybe we've broken or um, kind of address habits that we might have formed that aren't that great. Like he really, he does give us the grace and, and the opportunities to really address those and to be freed of them yes. so that we can come home and we're not dragging a million, you know, rusty bags behind us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 And like, I mean, and those homes are beautiful, but one day they're going to crumble into the sea, right? Right. So That's this right. one's even better. <laughs> yeah. He's not going to do that. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, St. Paul says, eye has not seen, ear has yeah, not heard yeah. what I prepared for you. So I know even with my own human imagination, it's going to be even way beyond, beyond. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. It's just so wonderful. And one of the things for me that's so consoling about this passage, and I think it's one that frequently also hits me um, when we have fun- at the most recent funeral that we had. I um, I found myself really moved to tears actually just by this line that where I am, you may be also like that, that idea that um, so often it can feel like God is so far away or like, uh, you know, we go through dry spirit, dry times in our spiritual life and um, it can feel like maybe Jesus is far away or not listening or something, but actually the thing that is his goal on this night before, you know, he's arrested and that leads to the crucifixion is so that wherever he is, he can have us with him. And that yes. that is that is ultimately the end of his purpose. And it's kind of like the episode on joy what we were talking about, like that that is the joy that lay before him. And there's just something so moving about that, that 
that that is what he wants to do. He wants to go and prepare a place so that he can always have us with him. And like we think about it and we're like, yeah, I always want to be with God, right? Mm -hmm. Like I look forward to eternity with God. Yes. But he's looking forward to it too. Right. He's there preparing that place. You know, what's really fascinating is how God works within our own uh, week of of our spiritual life. Um, I went to confession this past week and father gave me as my penance to read Psalm 91. Mm. And because I was preparing for this uh, podcast, I knew I was going to be opening up this passage. I read Psalm 91 and prayed with Psalm 91 kind of in light of this passage. And it really impressed me how well it goes hand in hand with, um, this whole theme of the indwelling presence and how God is preparing a dwelling place for us and he wants that place to be right within us. Um, Psalm 91 opens up, whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. And that concept of God dwelling within us is just so powerful. And I thought, wow, you know, God is not only preparing a dwelling place for us in eternity, but he's preparing that place and is actually dwelling within us right here and now. Mm -hmm. That dwelling is both in eternity and at the same time it's within us. And time transcends um, eternity when you speak of God. There is no time the way we experience it here on earth. It's really um, something that we can't even experience as human beings, but in the supernatural realm, you get little glimpses of it. And I think, you know, that special connection that we have with our sisters who have gone before us in, in eternity, they're no longer present here with us. And yet there's this very profound connection that we still have. Um, it's beyond space. It's beyond time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, one of the things, too, that I'm thinking about as you're speaking is, it's not only that Jesus is, is excited for this, too, that like he goes to prepare a place for us that he wants to have us with him. But even Thomas's question, mm -hmm. you know, like, but Lord, where are you going? <laughs> we want to know the way. And and I thought it was interesting. The, the Greek in this doesn't just say, you know, the way where I'm going. It actually says, you know where I'm going and you know the way where I am going. Mm. And um, and Thomas is like. I know neither. <laughs> Please fill in the gaps. Yes. You know? And uh, it's like the whole next two chapters are actually Jesus kind of filling that information in yes. of just kind of like, no, you do know, you, yeah. you know, um, it's, it's, if you love me, you will keep my word. It's the Holy Spirit will teach you all things and remind you of what I've taught you. It's abide in me and yes. I in you. It's the the vine and the branches. Yes. It's it's like it's like all of these things. And he's just like breaking it open. This is what it means for me to be the truth, the way, and the life. This is what it means for you to know these things. This is what it's going to look like. And I can't give you concretes right now, but, yes. you know, this is this is what the the theme of the Christian life is yes. going to be is this abiding and this this learning to allow the Holy Spirit to to dwell in us and to bring us closer to the heart of God. Yeah. And something I love about praying with this, in light of everything you just said, Sister Benedicta, like if 
Um, if you're listening to this and you're wondering well, where all of this is, it's it's John chapter 14, 15, and it just continues yes. like this whole discourse that Jesus gives. But to pray with that in light of Psalm 91 that you had brought up, um, we know that Jesus is actually the fulfillment of the Psalms. He is the fulfillment of the Old Testament. And to say something like, you dwell in the shadow of the Almighty, it's it's both a spiritual reality. We do have the indwelling of God in us through yes. the grace of our baptism. And the Holy Spirit like certainly works amongst people and brings them to himself, um, including the unbaptized he brings into the church through working through them. But there's also a physical reality to that, too, that just as, you know, a little kid who's sitting at the foot of their dad and their dad has a shadow, like often that's when they're in his shadows. They're sitting at his feet, like playing on the ground and the dad's <laughs> right there. It, like probably the kid is leaning even on his on his legs. We have a physical reality um, of, of the Lord dwelling with us as well in the Eucharist. Um, he really is physically present with us on this earth and then in a very particular way and in fullness in heaven, like Jesus is there resurrected, fully divine and fully man. Like yes. he has his resurrected body. And that is a promise that he extends to us as well, that through his resurrection, we have resurrection of the body. Yes. Um, and to know that he's kind of giving us a glimpse of the fullness of that home here by the fact we can receive him into our body, his body through the Eucharist. But in heaven, like we have the fullness of that, that we are literally in his shadow, like his him present in the flesh and us present in the flesh. Yes. And like that fullness of being together and being home. And that's promised to Sister Louise yes. and is promised to each and every one of us if, if we, you know, agree to take it up. Yeah. I love that that kind of nuance that um, we call Jesus Emmanuel, God with us. Mm -hmm. And it just like. It, I think it's just such a beautiful way of showing that God breaks down every barrier. Like there was no specific reason that he like had to choose to come as a man, but he chose to come as a man. Like he chose that to show that he will break down every barrier. Yeah. Like he will go to the ends of the earth and beyond um, so that we can be with him and, and be home with him. Our calling is so mystical and so beautiful. Yeah. You know that. That call it's really calling a calling to become Christ, you know, that mm -hmm. um, Christ is um, indwelling within us and giving us his grace through the Eucharist. Every for us religious, we're so privileged to have Mass every single day and to have the opportunity to receive him mm -hmm. in the Eucharist. And then part of our Pauline charism that our founder, Father James Alberione, gave to us is to spend more time with him after Mass, during the day, uh, during Eucharistic adoration, to deepen what we have received in communion and to continue that intimacy and that visit with our Lord every single day in visiting Him in the Blessed Sacrament and um, meditating every day on how He is our way, our truth, our life. You know, mm -hmm. Jesus is everything. And... Um, it's really a wonderful life. It's very mystical. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. It's in our founder called it Christification, right? Which mm -hmm. every time you get a new computer, you have to add the word Christification to the <laughs> autocorrect because <laughs> can't find it. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's not there. It's not there. But um, yeah, that Christification, that becoming Christ, that it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me, yes. and mm -hmm. and that this is the invitation that He's making. Like you know the way. 
you know the way because I'm the way and mm -hmm. you know me. Mm -hmm. And yeah, yeah. And something I love about that is when we choose to engage in that way, when we choose to follow that way, when we choose to let Christ live in us, we don't, in a sense, we can say it metaphorically that we lose ourselves in him, but we don't lose ourselves. We don't give up ourselves like because we are, our identity and our being is held in him. Like he's the one who is always thinking of us, always loving us, and that's why we exist. If he stopped doing those things, which he never would, but if he did, we would just cease to exist. Like, not just die, but we just wouldn't exist. Poof. Yeah, poof, done. Yes. But to know that because that is how we exist, when we allow him to truly live in us and kind of give ourselves over to that love, we become the most ourselves. Right. And when we go home to heaven, we are the most ourselves. Yeah. Like yeah. totally, freely, truly ourselves. That's um, every once in a while the that uh, old ancient um, praise and worship song. I think it was Audio Adrenaline about like playing football in the backyard of heaven or whatever. <laughs> I don't think I know that one, uh, but I love that metaphor. The lyrics, I'm just trying to remember now. <laughs> My father's house is a big, big house. Oh, anyway, yes, I remember anyway, that one. <laughs> so, like, I I know a lot of people really love it. I really hated it because I was just like, I, there's like, I don't know, something so unsatisfying <laughs> about some of those images of heaven just because it's like God is so much more than yeah. just kind of like the comforts that we can mm, think of yeah. or yeah. The, the pleasures and the joys and the excitements that we can think of. Mm -hmm. um, and... It's it's funny because like every time a song starts to get kind of close to kind of expressing what it might be like, it becomes almost cliche. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, like you think of like I can only imagine or mm -hmm. I can, you know, like mm -hmm. I just think of like all these different songs that kind of start to get close to touching the mystery a little bit. And then they become. I don't know. It's just it's hard not to to cross into like cheese level or right because like, like we can't quite yeah. get there i love this song i can only imagine because i think it brings out this mm -hmm. this uncertainty mm -hmm. and i think it's one of the only songs that no, does not that. It. oh no yeah. i know you're not knocking it but even in that uncertainty like we can't even quite express the uncertainty yeah. so i think it's actually a really good example and the fact that because it's one of the only songs that does that we end up playing it a million zillion times over <laughs> and then it gets even more yeah. like kind of overkill. Yeah. But the fact that the fact that it does address that uncertainty I think is really important. Mm -hmm. Not the uncertainty that it exists or that or that we're going to meet Christ face to face, but like we it's it's so complete that we've never experienced that completeness before. We don't even know like no. what we're gonna do. Yeah. yeah. But we do know it's yeah. gonna be great. <laughs> like yeah. we know it's going to yeah. be great. Yeah. yeah. And, but also like it's almost hard for us this side of heaven because of like the way that life is and the things that we experience and the sorrows and the sufferings and the whatever is the losses yeah. of our friends, of our sisters to like I think part of what makes those songs or those um, films or whatever seem mm. a little bit cheesy to me is the there's no grit. Like there's nothing mm. of of the cross like really represented in the presentation so it's really mysterious to me like how those things you know how's, how's God gonna bring all those things together yes. and help us to experience like all like like our sorrowful mother is in heaven right <laughs> as our sorrowful mother yeah but in heaven 
You know, like it just is like it blows my mind. It's such right. a mystery and like beautiful and cool. And and Jesus is there with his wounds. Yeah. yeah. I think that's something that I think that's kind of when you're talking about the grit factor. I think that's like the grit that we are often mm-hmm. missing because we don't even know how to address it. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. because you have grits like, you know, someone went through a hard time. But then often what ends up happening is. You know, they come to Christ and then everything's perfect. Suddenly everything's shiny. Da da. Yeah. yeah. And that's not the reality that we experience. Like, mm-hmm. like our our crosses wound us mm-hmm. and they scar us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just like in Lord of the Rings, Frodo feels the stab wound that he received from um, the wraith. Like for years later, we feel our wounds. We feel our scars. And they're visible to other people often. And to see that, like, Christ brought that. He brought that reality and redeemed that reality through his resurrection. I kind of think of, you know, situations where we have, you know, a wounded friend or a wounded family member who finally comes to a realization that they are loved when they couldn't quite grasp it before. And it doesn't fix everything, but it changes their reality. And those are the kinds of moments that, like, at least for me, like, bring me to my knees, like, weeping mm. for joy. Yeah. Yes. But yeah. it's it's like... It's a joy that brings tears. And I, I almost feel like in a sense, heaven is that kind of joy. Not, and I know in heaven it says there will be no more tears, but like not that kind of tears. Like the, tear, <laughs> the tears that are just like I have no words to express how deep and how real and how complete this one little thing was. So it has to come out in tears. Like that kind of that moment of epiphany and union and mm-hmm. and per, like perfection like there's a perfectness in that yeah. it's like the tears that come when you hear just the most beautiful piece of classical music or yeah something that just yes. moves you yeah, yeah suspends you beyond time yeah. Yeah. you're out of time yeah. and you're just so enwrapped in it and it's a very deep joy mm-hmm. you know the joy that you're describing mm-hmm. it's not a very it's not surface it's no. deep it's because, the difference between yeah. happiness and joy right right yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah and that just yeah. the the one little touch on perfection, like we don't usually get. And I love yeah. to think of Sister Louise. Like Sister Louise was such an extrovert. She was right. like the, probably oh, yeah. the most extroverted person yes. I've ever met. Yes. And I love thinking of her being perfectly an extrovert in heaven. <laughs> I just I love thinking of that. Oh, yes. And Jesus just like perfectly loving her in her extrovertedness. Yep. <laughs> I love it. And to me that brings me to tears. Like to yeah. think of her just fully perfected in in his resurrection. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, sisters, should we each ta- share our one takeaway from the conversation? I think for me, it's a a wonderful reminder to keep my gaze focused on heaven because uh, ultimately that's our goal. You know, we were put on this earth to reach heaven and to bring others along with us. Mm-hmm. I love that concept as a daughter of St. Paul. We're here to bring ourselves closer and closer to Christ, to allow him to dwell within us, but then to teach others how to do that too. So I hope maybe something of what we shared opened uh, your hearts to um, our listeners out there. And we will keep praying for you as, um, you know, I promise you my prayers and we're on this journey together. Amen. I think for me, um, it's this idea of, of being willing to come home like freely like un- unhindered and unshackled and kind of like we invite our friends along home with us for Thanksgiving, like <laughs> like to invite our friends with us on that journey home so that they can really, you know, find that place of love and encounter too. 
Mm-hmm. I think for me, the the thing that's standing out to me the most is that reality that that Jesus says, do not let your hearts be troubled. I want you with me. I know you're going to die, deny me, but this is still true. Like the context of this is is in the midst of some really painful conversations. And so um, just, I think for me, what I want to sit with a little bit more is just that trust that he's calling me to within that. So we thought maybe for our closing prayer, we would share um, a prayer from the Pauline prayer book uh, that. Yeah. Our founder, uh, Father James Alberione wrote this prayer that she's going to share with us. Okay. So this is the invocations to Jesus master. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Jesus, Master, sanctify my mind and increase my faith. Jesus, teaching in the church, draw everyone to your school. Jesus, Master, deliver me from error, from vain thoughts, and from eternal darkness. Jesus, way between the Father and us, I offer you all and await all from you. Jesus, way of sanctity, make me your faithful imitator. Jesus, way, render me perfect as the Father who is in heaven. Jesus, life, live in me so that I may live in you. Jesus, life, do not permit me to separate myself from you. Jesus, life, grant that I may live eternally in the joy of your love. Jesus, truth, may I be light for the world. Jesus, way, may I be example and model for souls. Jesus, life, may my presence bring grace and consolation everywhere. Amen. Amen. Jesus, master, way, truth, and life, have have mercy mercy on us. us. Mary, queen of apostles, pray pray for for us. St. Paul the Apostle, pray pray for us. From all sin, deliver us, O Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us, everybody. Thank you. This was a lot of fun. Yeah. God bless you. We're praying for you. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. This podcast is a fruit of the Daughters Project. This initiative of the Daughters of St. Paul to spread the gospel online is made possible by our generous Patreon supporters. Consider joining us in our mission by contributing to Patreon today. You can find us at thedaughtersproject.com and on social media at Daughter St. Paul. God bless you.